0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Switch Podcast. I'm Jake.
1: And I'm also Jake, and today we're back with a really special episode. Today we have former NBA point guard and Knicks legend, John Starks. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing great. So, I mean,
0: first of all, thank you so, so much for meeting us at Yarn at Dreams Night. That was a dream. And I mean, this is just, this is really special for us. So we're very excited.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) So we're going to jump right in with what got you interested in basketball?
2: Uh, You know, pretty much like every other thing, when you have older uh, siblings, I had two older brothers, and they were very sports-oriented. And uh, I kind of watched them start playing and picking up the game at a young age. And I was about seven years old when I first saw them um, play basketball. And I wanted to do it. And obviously, you know, you ask your older brothers and they say no. And so uh, I always tell the story is uh, that I watched them play over in a neighbor's um, backyard. And it was a makeshift basketball goal with a big old um, board with a bicycle tire rim nailed to it. And watching them play. And then I waited patiently. And then after they got through playing, uh, I went to go do what I saw them do. And pick up a basketball and they put an oil burl in front of the basketball goal and they would run and jumping off the ore barrel and 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 dunking the basketball. And I did exactly that and it was over with from there. You know, no greater feeling when you can dunk a basketball and fly through the air. So growing up, did, were you an NBA
1: fan and were there like any NBA players you kind of idolized and kind of model? Yeah, Dr
2: J was my guy. You know, growing up, uh, remembering you know the big talk about him coming to uh, to the NBA from the ABA, and and when he went to Philly, that became my team. You know, and uh, you know everybody was excited to see the doc, no matter what. I remember first time I got to uh, to see him in person when he came down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to play a um, play an exhibition game uh, down there at, at the convention center, and I was just like amazed that you know this guy was in my presence at that time. And, and, you know, then over the years, obviously me playing in the NBA, I get a chance to meet Dr. J for the first time and he's everything that he was made up to be, you know, and probably even better, you know, uh, of a person. And so, uh, and we became friends uh, over the years that, you know, it's just amazing because sometimes you meet the guys, your idols and some people who you look up to and they're not, They don't turn out to be that person, you know, but he was everything and more.
0: So, I mean, what was that whole recruitment process like playing college basketball at four separate schools and the whole journey?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of that to do with me being immature (laughs) at the start of my first couple of years in college and getting myself in in some trouble. And and so uh, I finally um, had a chance to kind of look at my life and you know, when I was working at Safeway, making $3.35 an hour. and One day I had to just like, you know, this is all I have for the rest of my life, you know, doing this, which is nothing wrong with it. It's an honest living, but I wanted a little bit more out of life. And and so uh, I enrolled back in school and to get an education more so than play basketball. It was just so happens that they had an intramural team and I ended up playing on the intramural team and, you know, and obviously doing very well, you know, averaging about 35, 40 points. And and uh, one of my my coach uh, said they're starting up a new uh, junior college here in Tulsa. You know, you probably need to look and possibly going over there and playing for them. And uh, they sent out the coach, uh, assistant coach uh, son uh, came out and and, uh, and watched me play and said that they had to have me. And so I ended up playing for them and becoming a junior college All-American and went on to Oklahoma State and went on into the pros.
1: So, I mean, after college, you went undrafted, but what was that whole journey like getting to the NBA where you signed with the Warriors?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was a a fun process. You know, it's probably nerve wracking to a lot of people because you'd rather be drafted knowing that you have a spot on the team. Uh, but for me, I just looked at it, hey, two years ago, I was bagging groceries. Now, you know, got opportunity to play in the NBA. So I had to take full advantage of it. And, you know, Coach uh, Larry Brown gave me opportunity to come in and try, try out for the San Antonio Spurs. And I ended up having a great uh, rookie free agent camp. And I had multiple teams that was interested in, in signing me and bringing me into camp that, that particular season. And, and I chose uh golden state because uh they was offering me guaranteed money it's fifty thousand dollars guaranteed where other teams wasn't offering uh wasn't was nowhere near that and so but i had you know i was married at the time and had my son at the time so coming out of college fifty thousand dollars back then was a lot of money to me so i ended up signing with golden state
0: so what was it like eventually playing in an NBA All Star game? You know that whole story of going from bang groceries and now you're one of the best point guards in the NBA. So how was that like for you?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing. You know, people list me as a point guard because I was when I broke into the league. I was a point guard, but when I was with the Knicks, I actually was a shooting guard. So uh, I went in as a as a two guard uh, to the uh, when I became an NBA All Star. But it was exciting. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, you look back upon your life and you see all the struggles that you've been through and to be able to see some satisfaction out of it, knowing that these struggles was for a reason. And uh, I was able to become an NBA all-star and to be able to go to, uh, Minnesota and play with 12, 24 of the best players, uh, in the game. It was just amazing. Uh, you know, I knew I had it inside of me. It's just about me putting my mind to it and going out there and performing at a high level. And I was able to accomplish a goal of mine.
1: So, I mean, obviously we got to ask, what was it like uh, with the dunk over Michael Jordan? Like, what was that like?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes in in life and especially in sports, you know, you get moments and moments that define who you are as a person. And that moment defined who I was as a person, a guy that just going to go for it no matter what. And uh, it needed a play that just happened uh, spontaneously. Uh, I saw it coming in in a sense uh, because I saw the way they was playing me on uh, me and Patrick's screenplays. And it just kind of worked out where Bill Cartwright wasn't in position. And and I took off baseline and, and went up and I saw Horace Grant, and banged him, you know, spent out and ran back up the court and and what have you. And so, but I didn't know Michael was even in the picture until the next day I was sitting down, me and Herb Williams eating breakfast. And uh, I saw the paper and I saw who was in it on the back end of that. And I was like, gotcha. Because you never catch Michael in, in a situation like that. So, uh, but it, it was a, a great moment. Obviously, it still lives on to this day. So. Uh, I'm proud of it, and uh, I always tell people if it happened in Chicago, it's just another play. But because it happened in the guard is what made it so special. And guess who how
0: was it like winning the Six Man of the Year award, knowing that you're one, you're pretty much the best player in the entire NBA off the bench?
2: Yeah, you know that that was another you know award that I wasn't really expected uh, expecting uh, because I wasn't really shooting for that. Uh, you know, when Allen uh, came over, Allen Houston came over, I knew that I probably would be going to the bench. And a lot of people was like, you know, how is he going to accept that role? You know, I'm all about winning. And I didn't, like, even give it a, a second thought that, you know, I have to go to the bench, you know, because I knew that what type of player Allen was that he could help us win. So, uh just went in with the mindset that no matter what, I'm going to go out there and do my job and, you know, help, you know, this team win. And, and, you know, I could put up a lot of gripe about it and, and not go out and have the season that I had that particular year to be able to win the six man of the, of the year award. So, you know, they always say in order for the good, you have sometimes you have to sacrifice and, you know, I didn't look at it as sacrifice and I looked at it, as a move that could help this team, you know, get over the top. And uh, we had a real good year that year. Unfortunately, you know, some things came up at the end of the season that cost us a chance to play for a championship. But uh, I was excited uh, and very proud that, you know, I was honored in that way and and just taught people, you know, no matter what, you can go out there and still have an impact on the game. You don't have to be a starter. And um, that was the most uh, gratifying thing that I got out of it.
1: So, I mean, talking about like off the court now, like what was the whole process into creating the John Starks Foundation?
2: Well, I think whenever you put in position to do something to help others, you should do it. And uh, obviously my status and, and, and my role here in New York and, you know, uh what I've been through uh, growing up uh, gave me opportunity to start a foundation and you know, my mindset was that uh, I can help affect lives in a positive way uh, with this foundation and especially young lives, you know uh, teenagers that are trying to get off to school and kind of start their lives and, and start their careers and and so I wanted to put something together that, uh, Would we'll stand up to the test of time, which we have stood up to the test of time, with the help of uh, incredible pe- people. As far as uh, the director of my foundation, Jennifer Alpert, and the volunteers that shows up every single day to you know for every event that we do throughout the year, and so uh, as well as the, the sponsors. You know, we then had sponsors been with us since the inception of the foundation since 1994. So. Uh, and then we did continue to bring on new ones. So um, it's, it's been very rewarding uh, for me because I know that I did help countless, you know, uh, young people throughout the years uh, get on off the school and, and start their careers. And they do come back and be a part of the foundation through our events and, and what have you. So that's a blessing in itself. Uh, so, um, you know, I was very uh, fortunate that I, I was baby to – was able to put, be put in position to uh, to be able to do my foundation.
0: So I mean, speaking of your foundation, like what are some like these things you want to accomplish in the future with the John Starks Foundation?
2: Yeah, we want to continue to grow it, continue to raise as much money as we can, uh, because the more money that we raise, the more kids that we can help uh, throughout the year and throughout their college career. And so uh, our goal is to you know get to a certain number where we can you know. Have an endowment where we don't have to worry about okay, we got to do this event, we got to do that event in order to raise money in order to uh, help these young folks. So, um, you know, we're going to just continue to keep pushing forward like we've been over the years, and uh, we continue to get uh, bigger and stronger, you know, throughout our uh, our endeavors and, and making sure that we're doing things right. And because I've been seeing a lot of foundations come and go throughout, you know, since 1994. And, and it's not been good, you know, but we've been very fortunate that we got good board members and we got good sponsors. And the lady that's leading the charge and Jennifer Alford uh, really helped grow this foundation to what it is.
1: So we're going to move into more uh, boat back on the court basketball questions. So what would you say your favorite arena you ever played in in your career was? Yeah,
2: That's a good one. It's probably the old Forum out in L.A. uh, because. It was similar to New York in in a sense, uh, you know, the whole glitz and glamour of uh, L.A. and 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 all this grandeur that you you seen growing up. Uh, you know, you watch Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and all these guys growing up and uh, playing in the form and the history there. Uh, so it was always exciting to go there and uh, beat them. <laughs> so the most important thing
0: who are some of the toughest players you've had to guard in your career
2: Yeah uh, obviously Michael was probably number 1 he was hard to stop uh Reggie uh definitely because he moved so much and he was a great uh shooter uh Mitch Richmond uh was tough to guard uh I came in actually came in Golden State with Mitch R- Richmond that particular year in 1988 so I knew his game a little bit but he, he was a big guard he was 6'5 by 220 230 uh, at times, and so he was tough to guard, and another guy, uh, Clyde Drexler, was very tough to guard, uh, you know, he's what, Drexler, 6'7", you know, <laughs> he weighed about 220 himself, so, uh, and Tony Campbell is, is one other person I always talk about, when he was in Minnesota, he played the two, and and I had to guard him, but he used to beat me up in the post so bad, you know what I mean, so... Uh, at my position and at my size, you know, I, I had some tough guards throughout my career. And I thought throw Steve Smith in there, too. He was like 6'8", you know, same thing. Yeah. So
1: throughout your career, who are some teammates you were, like, very close with and you enjoyed playing with?
2: Well, I enjoy all my teammates. Uh, I didn't have a teammate that I didn't didn't like, you know what I mean? Uh, I enjoyed them all. I'm probably closer to, you know, Patrick. Uh uh, Herb Allen, uh, I see these guys all the time, and so I'm probably a little bit closer to them. But we we always try to keep in touch. At least once a year, we talk to one another. Uh, uh, guys that I haven't seen in a while, so I get a chance to see them. And as well as Larry Johnson, I see him, and and um, you know Oak, I see him, and you know all these guys. So we're we a very close knit unit. You know when when I when I played, and and it's carried over into uh, once we retired, we stayed, you know, in touch with one another. So,
0: I mean, our last question for this entire amazing interview, John, is what was your favorite moment in your career?
2: Oh, I always say my favorite moment was when we beat Indiana in game seven in 1994 to get to the fight. Uh, you know, because we pushed ourselves, Riles, uh Coach Riley pushed us, you know, for – four straight years in order for us to be able to accomplish that particular goal. And uh, once we were able to have it in our hand, it felt so good knowing that, you know, all the, you know, the blood and sweat that you went through in order to be able to have opportunity to play for a championship paid off in that moment. And and so uh, it, it felt great. It felt great.
0: I mean, that's permission to wrap up our interview, John. Thank you so so much for helping our show. It's been a blast. We really appreciate this. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys, Jake and Jake. Yeah, take care of my man. Keep doing what y'all doing. All right.